Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me my dear sister, Katrina Corvos, and we are going to be discussing Dragon Woman's Awakening Process. I want to tell you a little bit about Katrina. I've known this sister for several years now, primarily through ceremony. Um, she's a powerhouse of a woman. She used to run her own chocolate company. She's guiding groups of women throughout the country to step into their greatness. Um, read you what it says in her bio. It says, Katrina Korovos has been looking deeply at shame and its effect on our empowerment as women. She believes that shame was intentional from a system that has oppressed the innate power of the feminine aspect of humanity in all her forms. She believes it was set up like a virus and now the messages of shame live inside our psyches. She is dedicated to shining light in these shame places to set them free and unleash our true nature as embodied divinity. So I'm sure you all can understand why I'm very excited to have her here today. Welcome to the show, Katrina. Tatiana, this is my um, first podcast, and I'm really grateful that it's with you. So thank you for inviting me and asking me to come on. Totally. So I'm going to start out with a question that I love to ask our guests. What are your superpowers? So the first thing that comes to my mind is that I have the ability to make a dimple appear on my chin when I flare my nostrils. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you really are a dragon it's, okay. <laughs> uh, it's great yeah I can do that um and and to go a little deeper um <laughs> I you know I think if I had to name like where it is that I feel like I've been given gifts and strengths um is that I have the ability to see truth um, and that's something that people have told me from early age is that um, it's really hard to be dishonest around me. Uh, I can see it. Uh, and so I think that that also has led up to some of the work that I've done um, when I'm seeing layers of what feels like inauthentic messages and programming that's been placed on us. Uh, I think I can see it clearly. So I feel like I have clear vision of truth. That would be my superpower. Totally. And you're first of all <laughs> bullshit. I, I <laughs> <laughs> with a dimple on my chin <laughs> with a dimple on your chin and flared nostrils oh my god I love, I love that superpower I think that's probably one of the best ones yet awesome um, so you know we're here today I really wanted to talk with you about the dragon woman because you've done so much work with with that aspect and that archetype and that energy. And so I would just love it if you would tell our listeners a little bit about like what, what dragon woman is, who she is, what that means so that we can have a little context for our listeners to, to flow into and settle into with us here. Sure. Yeah. I can talk a bit about the origin of uh, how it started. Uh, I've, always had a fascination and a love for fantasy and for Middle Earth and all of the creatures um, and beings that existed there. Uh, And so dragons were something um, that were in my life as a child. And I was always in that place where I didn't understand why the dragons were being hurt. 
Um, and they were often villainized and often the story was, how is the hero going to slay the dragon? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was something that never really sat well with me. Um, and as I got older, there were more stories that started coming out that had the dragons more as familiars, as allies, um, as beings that you know were, were part of the hero's journey as opposed to against it. Um, so just in archetypes and stories, they've always had an attraction to me. Um, and so as I've delved deeper into my work with shame and empowerment um, and all of the ways of taking off the layers of bullshit, uh, the dragon archetype kept coming back to me. Um, and so I, I went a little bit deeper um, into what really is the archetype of the dragon and what particularly inside these stories and myths um, what, how are those molding our own psyche? Uh, and because my belief is that a lot of the stories that we're told um, kind of like are like blueprints for how we live our life and also what kind of character we're going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the background of like where Dragon Woman came from. Um, it was that as I delved into healing shame, the dragon was um, very prominent um, reflection. And so I began. I began the journey of the dragon woman. So for those listening who are like, how is like, like, how does that work? How does the dragon support that process? Can you sort of, you know, kind of beginner's mind, like, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like to start working with dragon energy to use that as a support in the journey of healing shame? Yeah. So, For me, um, you know, the dragons are always like such fierce, fierce protectors. Uh, And so what started to come for me uh, around working with shame is that, you know, that there's this way I feel like it has such a grasp on us um, that it can kind of keep us in this place almost like we're like in a dungeon or like we're being um, shackled Mm -hmm. um, and hidden and hiding. Uh, And so that's really where inside of looking at what that feels like, I started to think about the dragons and I started thinking about how oftentimes in the stories, they're like in a deep in a cave and they're, they're chained up. And, um, and then with looking at the power behind what they are um, is that they have such ferocity um, and are also very misunderstood. So I'm going to kind of like take a sidestep in um, in my thoughts right now um, that I feel like working with the dragon around shame has a lot to do with the women that I'm working with. Uh, we tend to be women that would be more in a, a warrior archetype. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to be fighters. We tend to be uh, very fierce in our love, uh, not passive. Uh, and we tend to be women who hold a lot of anger and rage um, as one of our um, elements and our emotions. So, you know, I think shame can affect people in a lot of different ways. Uh, And particularly what I want to work with um, is the way that shame is attached to our our fire or um, in all of the forms that fire takes, um, passion, um, at times our rage, uh, what our drive is, what our you know, what our calling is, like what ignites us. Uh, And so that's where with looking deeper at what shame does to us and the dragons appeared, it, it began to manifest in working with women who resonate with 
the the being of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a very powerful, energetic, um, and it's well. We can get into that later. We actually you have to go to a quick break, um, and when we get back, I want to dive more into the work that you are doing with groups of women all over the place right now, and and talk a little bit more about that. Before we go to break, will you just tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah. So right now, the main place that I'm um, sharing my work is on Facebook. Uh, it's under my own name, Katrina Corivos. Um, and I am in process of making a website. So once that's up, I'll post the, the link. Okay, great. And Katrina is K-A-T-R-I-N-A. Coravos, C-O-R-A-V-O-S. And you can find her and follow her on Facebook. And she has some beautiful writings that she's putting up there um, and and promoting the work that she's doing. So we are talking with Katrina Coravos about the Dragon Woman's Awakening Process more when we get back. Stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we're back. So will you just tell our listeners a little bit about kind of the work that you're currently doing with, I love how you so beautifully outlined, you know, the the archetype of the woman that you are working with and, and, and empowering in this, in this way. Um, and you've just, you've been up to some really interesting stuff and I would just love for you to share some of that with our listeners and, and why that work is so important right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with working with dragon women uh, and what I was sharing earlier about, it tends to attract a, a certain, um, just a certain type of woman. Um, and so what I, really want to work with is that my belief is, is that part of the shame story um, that has been infused in us um, is to really shame our anger and really shame our rage. Um, And so I think that with like looking deeper, um, that it was an attempt to make it so that people who have a nature of fighting or taking a stance or um, opposing something, uh, the warrior archetype in all of its facets, um, that we don't uh, honor that part of ourselves. So I really started noticing as a lot more things were happening in the world and unfolding as they are, uh, that there was a surge that began um, of people really standing up and resisting and saying no and really claiming what their truth was of knowing that there's harm being caused and really standing up for justice and really uh, taking a stance for the earth. Uh, And what I started to witness through my own work um, on the front lines is that a lot of people wanted to be there um, with me or they would say, I really admire what you're doing. And when I ask uh, 
what prevents them, um, often it's fear, um, often it's shame, and often it's this place that kind of overlays um, on their, you know, their um, confidence or uh, uh, belief in themselves um, to stand up for what they know is is right. Um, so with working with the dragon, what I'm discovering is that when we can, in a safe container and in a place that feels held, um, and supported, that we can look at what is oppressing that fire within us uh, and where is the rage living in us. Um, because, you know, a lot of us feel like if you're not raged about something right now that you're not really seeing because um, there's a lot to be angry about. Um, and so, you know, it's a, for me, it's a lot about how are we going to express that in a healthy way? How are we going to help it motivate us to take action properly? Um, and instead of it oftentimes imploding and kind of coming back on ourselves um, with self-harm um, or people that we love um, or the customer service guy from Verizon or, or wherever it may come out or on the road. Um, so what we've been doing is going into the stories um, and really naming them and looking at them. What are the messages that are telling us that anger is wrong um, and that rage is something to be ashamed of? Um, and kind of um, with the discovery and the identification, it can be freed. Uh, and then from there, uh, we've been uh, really looking at what is raging inside of us. Uh, and what I've been discovering is that almost every time it's a calling. Um, so it's really been a remarkable process for me to witness women um, name um, what the oppressive statement is and then see underneath it that they feel really, really impassioned about taking a stance for um, children or the earth or whatever it is that they feel um, the most enraged about is, is actually something they want to work for. So that's, that's a bit about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, um, I think that work is so valuable and so important. And, and I know that there's, there's different like stages and levels to that work and it's, and it can be so delicate too, because there is a space with anger where one can get sort of trapped there too and like stuck in a, in like a really toxic angry space. But I, you know, I know you and I know the work that you're doing and I know that you're, you're using it. And I mean, like you spoke to as a catalyst for really moving people into action, mm -hmm. which is what is needed right now. We need mm -hmm. to be not just sitting on our couches complacent. Mm -hmm. um, and and we all have different things that that ignite a passion and a fire within us, and um, that you're helping women tap into that. I think is just so beautiful and so important. Um, I'm I'm curious to hear. Well, actually, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> scratch. That. I'm going to ask you a different question. And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we just answered it. I think that's why. Great. Um, I, I would love to hear more about your understanding and maybe your beliefs around the origin of this shame story and why it's, I mean, I think it's not only women that carry shame for sure, but it's definitely um, more prevalent or easier or, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of women um, who do carry it and who are carrying it around. I'd say I'd almost venture to say most women, not all women, have some degree of that unless they've done 
unless they've already worked on that piece, right? Um, if they if they haven't done some work on shame, chances are, if you're listening to this and you haven't done some work on shame, you're carrying some shame around. Okay. <laughs> uh, PSA. Um, so I'd just love to hear your um, your understanding of sort of the origin of that. Yeah. Um, and I also want to add to it that I'm in a curiosity place if we can ever be completely free of it. Um, I, my, I pray that we can be. Um, I'm just haven't really experienced that. Um, it's kind of more like how do we have resiliency and also um, like how do I identify it and be able to um, be in our truths, you know? I think that's um, such an interesting question. And I think I really, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I do, I do believe that with, with some of these states, um, especially if we're, if we're more geared towards being in super emotional states, like I think it's also important to name, not everyone is actually designed that way in, mm-hmm. in a direction of like moving through the emotions in the powerful way that you guide women through it. Like there, there are people and, and women who are, more inclined towards that and and there are people who aren't and I think it's really important to give space for everyone at the table Mm -hmm. um and and that like if you are not someone who gravitates towards those really intense states there's nothing wrong with you you know that's just you're designed a little bit differently and so there's and that's why I love I love this show I love I love all of the people who come on this show I love all of the people who I've come into contact with over the years who are doing this work because it takes all of us because we all have different flavors that we're bringing to the table um, and they're all necessary right now and we're not competing with each other and so it's like, Agreed. <laughs> you know, it's like I just want to name that too um, but but I but I love what you brought up about like are we ever really free of shame I think that there's I mean, in my, in my journey, my experience with it, I think that these states, it's like the weather, you know, like they pass through mm-hmm. and it's, it's more, like you said, about resiliency, about how we're able to be in relationship to those emotional waves as they come on um, instead of getting stuck and trapped in it, like you were talking about the dungeon earlier, you know, um, and there really is, there, it, it's, like, it's like exercising a muscle to be able to do that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I I resonate with that, and I appreciate that you're bringing back that it it is going to take all of us. And I kind of want to go back to that for a moment to also name that uh, working inside the emotion of anger and rage, um, and having that be oftentimes a catalyst for action. I also like to put in here um, that I also believe that this change that we're in, in this way that uh, this shift is occurring, is that. Not everyone is going to be wanting to go to the front lines and not everyone is going to want to be taking action. And like, we need all of it. Like, we do need the ones that are like sitting on the yoga mat meditating, and we do need the ones that are growing food and like focusing on their, um, in their immediate communities in front of them. And um, so I just want to say that, that I really honor all of the different pieces that this is going to take. Uh, What I have experience is that often the fighters, um, the ones that like want to be out in, um, the resistance, um, are often shamed, um, the Mm -hmm. most. Um, and what I found is that when I talk to people about some of the things that I'm doing, um, the reflection often that I get is, oh, well, you know, I, I just can't be there. I, I need to be home. Like, like somehow there's, some story there, you know, that we're on different sides yeah. <laughs> or something. And um, I just want to bring that here too of yeah. um, 
really honoring that there's going to be so many different posts and positions and really what is alive in each of us. And if we do have that in us that we're like, yeah, we're, we feel that warrior spirit. um, That's the dragon woman that I like to work with. So, yes. um, And I think it's so, so, so I'm so glad we're talking about this because we don't all have to be alike. In fact, we can't all be like one another right now. We need the diversity. We need the different different spaces. Standing Rock taught me that in such a huge way. I mean, you were at Standing Rock. I was at home. And and I knew because I think, you know, for my own personal journey, I, I traveled through that warrior fighter archetype, but it's not my um, it's not my go-to. It's not my like home place. And for you, if anyone knows Katrina, she's like Athena. Like that's like when I think of Katrina, I think of Athena. And it, I, you know, your name's rhyme, so <laughs> therefore, um, it's true. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, but you are you are totally that warrior goddess archetype, and um, and it was so clear to me when Standing Rock happened um, that I needed to be at home with my child that I needed to be doing my work at my altar in my prayerful way Uh to support the energies that were happening there. And that it was very important that I was not on the front lines and that there were warriors who were. Uh Um, And, and that was like so clear to me. And there, I felt so strong in that place. And I had some very powerful moments at my altar when, when that was occurring. So I just, I'm very glad that we're, we're calling all this out right now and naming it. But like, if you're not a warrior, that's okay. You have another role that is sacred, that is yours. And we need everyone to be really stepping into their space and not trying to step into someone else's shoes if they aren't yours, because mm-hmm. that's what causes harm. That's, that's where the messes get made. Um, how can we stand in our own shoes and really know what those are? And sometimes we need to try on other shoes to know that they're, they don't fit. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to go back to this like origin of shame and kind of yeah. what you've, what you've found in your understanding and your working with it. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, the, the thread that I've been following, I've been working inside the feminine uh, aspect of spirituality and divinity for about 15 years now and um, have continued to ask myself like where what happened Uh, and I keep coming back to organized religion and the church um, and a period of time where there was a blatant wiping out of femininity and power Um, I've also been doing work around the burning times Um, we just did a ceremony in Salem Salem mass um, a couple days before Halloween Um, so we're really looking at what happened in that collection of trauma, um, you know, like really looking at how many women were actually burned, uh, men too, but it was mostly women, um, and that we went through a genocide of a uh, of of a of a power of an empowerment. So any woman that was in her power um, was oftentimes burned. So there's there's a lot that I've delved into about what happened during that period of time. Um, and for me, it was one of the foundations and building blocks on putting up the system that we're in now or that we're coming out of, um, of the patriarchy um, and a very masculine dominated culture. Uh, and so where I keep coming back with the church is that um, 
you know, there even even the language of the Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the feminine has been erased. Uh, so part of you know my mission over the past few years, and you know, this for me is not. Uh, a discredit to Christianity um, or Catholicism um, or really a tradition um, in in its essence. Um, I've been studying Christianity now for a few years, and I really love a lot a lot of it. Uh, what I'm talking more about is the structural um, aspect of the powers that went around the religion. Totally. Um, yeah, and so I just yeah. want to specify that. Yeah, I think I'm glad you named that and I think it's really important to call that out that like the the teachings of Jesus are are, are pure and there's a lot of overlay that got placed on top of that um, that caused a lot of problems. Yes. And the erase the erasure. I mean even the fact that women are not allowed to be um in positions of power inside that structure. You know, they're not allowed to be popes, they're not allowed to be cardinals, they're not allowed to be priests. Um really indicates a lot. Um and so I believe that that's where the origin came from. Um and you know, shame like you had um said in in reading about my work is that um, it feels very virus um, oriented. So it kind of feels like it got infused into stories. It got infused into myths um, in order for there to be this messaging that happens. And it's like self-replicating, which is for me, the most fascinating aspect of it is that it kind of came into our, um, into our psyches and then we keep it perpetuating internally. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the fascinating part about it. Totally. And I think it's a really interesting, like, I don't know that we can necessarily say definitively that like there is a, you know, it was like intentionally placed. I think there are definitely people who, who stand firmly in that space. I'm, I'm more in a query around that. Like, you know, was, was there like some big movement that was like, we're going to oppress women or was it more kind of, okay, right now in this place, like we want to be in power. We're afraid of, of the women's power. We want to take the seat. Um, and then over time, it just, it, it did kind of take hold like a virus. Um, but it's, and you know, it's like the, the intention behind it. Was it intended to spread worldwide? I don't know. It's like, does the cancer cell intend to eat the whole body when it starts out? Or is it just because that's the design and the the natural um, tendency of that organism? It's just an interesting question to hold. You know? Agreed. I've I've had the same questioning, uh, and it's it's hard to ever really discover if it was something that was planned um, or it was something as the process of the unfolding of humanity. Um, it's it's hard to say, um, and I like to not think that it was planned out uh, because that helps me in <laughs> my places of forgiveness um, because because that's a big part of it. Um, so, you know, it's it, and it just comes back to like, how, how do we look at this now? And I do think right. it's important to look at where it came from. Um, it's like the identification is a really big piece with shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's important to know our history. You know, I was thinking about that this morning, like, it was not that long ago that women weren't allowed to do a lot of things. Um, it was not that long ago that we had segregation. And it's like things move so fast nowadays that it, it's, it can feel like that was forever ago or like almost like that didn't even happen because we weren't there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it, therefore it doesn't exist. Um, so it's just a really interesting, it's, I was just really sitting with that this morning about like history, you know, and, and how we tell history and how that changes over time, depending on who's telling it. And you know, it's just all very fascinating to me. Agreed. <laughs> you know, it's like I come coming at it from more of like a time bending perspective. It's like, okay, how do we want to tell the story of what happened? You know, what's, what's an empowering choice in how we write that story? Um, what's a, what's a healing choice? What, where, what's a, what's a, what's a way to tell the story that allows us to move forward in a different way and to create sort of the world that we want to see, you know, I think that's so much of the work that you're doing and where you and I have connected time and time again is like, we are in a conscious creation of a different kind of world. Yes. And that's so needed right now. Yep. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love you and I'm just really <laughs> glad that I you're you too. that you're in the world and that you're doing this work with with the women who are called that way and the women, you know, it's like if you've listened to this conversation and there's some part of you that where the heart beats faster and it's like, oh my God, I want that, but I'm afraid of it, but I want it, but I'm afraid of it, like find Katrina, you're her people. <laughs> you know, like it's that it's that little it's that little sputtering. That's where it starts. One of my teachers used to say, you know, when we were in circle, like if your heart is pounding fast right now, you're the one who needs to speak. Um, and usually it's it's the ones who are the most afraid to do so that have the the pearls of wisdom or the things that most need to be said. Mm-hmm. So so thank you for empowering those voices to be able to do that because we have to be able to speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely um, with doing a lot of this work. There's so much around our throat. So a big part of the process with Dragon Woman is about opening that up. Um, so there is certainly um, a lot of energy given um, to having our voices heard. Uh, so we do do a lot of roaring. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it feels really good to really unleash that uh, that's a, a place that I think a lot of suppression has happened. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do a lot of that work with my clients too around opening up the throat. Um, because yeah, the, I mean the voice and just to bring it back around to sexuality, cause this show is called sex love and superpowers after all. I mean, there, there is a, there's a direct connection to the vagina and the, the throat and the lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and if one is closed, often the other is closed. And um, so I don't know if you found this, but I've definitely found that there's like a, there's a, a huge correlation in if a woman has suffered some kind of abuse uh, sexually in the, the throat constricting and, and the, the voice closing down. Yeah, absolutely. Because they are related. We have, women have two mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't think about that, but we do. We're the, the being with two mouths. I've had a, a lot of interesting teachings come through around that. But um, yeah, I appreciate that. Conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that thought. Yeah, and, you know, part of the opening of the, of the throat, what sometimes um, feels like we're doing is opening up the sound of our womb um, and, and, and connecting the vibration to our throats. Uh, so I, I believe that there's a sound that comes from our womb space. And so often in Dragon Woman, that's the sound that we access. 
Um, and that really releases a lot of energy. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom to be found in that seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's traditions from around the world that consider that like the, the you know, the pelvic bowl, the womb space to be like the seat of our power, of our chi, of like where our divine energy resides and can come to rest is in that in that seat to be to be able to access it is so so extremely important Mm -hmm. and i think especially as women because we have two mouths we have a responsibility to learn how to speak and how to speak well and how to speak actually what we want to be speaking Um, i think a lot of the fear that that comes with this work and a lot of why women don't start to engage the dragon woman and don't go into that space is there's a fear that like if i unlock that rage i'm going to burn the shit down i'm going to i'm going to destroy everyone and everything in my path and i'm so afraid that i'm going to do that that i'm just not going to i'm going to close it down yeah agreed i feel like that's such an important piece um to touch upon because that's another reflection i get a lot um and that you know, our rage or our anger, like really doesn't need to be feared that way. Um, when we know how to harness it, it's that we don't have those tools or skills because our culture tells us that anger is wrong. I mean, how many times do we hear when we were kids, you know, like, um, if you got nothing to say, that's nice. Don't say anything at all. Or, you know, <laughs> go to your room if you're like, you're getting mad or, um, really shamed inside of like maybe temper tantrums or ways that we were like expressing our anger. Um, so we just haven't really had a lot of tools. I see a lot of parents doing a really amazing job now um, with like their children and expressions. Um, but when, like when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, it was not the case. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, to have those tools and skills, like our anger really um, is something that um, can have a, a very clear um, uh expression rather than like what you were just talking about, like, I'm going to burn it all down. Um, it's, it really, my experience has been is that that's really a story. Um, and that, that really only happens when we continue to oppress it, then it comes out like really sideways, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I think I just really want, I want women to hear that, like that fear that you're going to burn it all down. It's a fear and it's not actually true. Um, and you are, if you're, if you're not able to, if you are someone who is an emotional generator, if you are someone who really feels things strongly and you are not allowing yourself to feel the the anger, you're missing a part of the spectrum and you're missing, you're missing the, the spark that ignites things. I mean, I really, that's how I hold anger as like, it's like when you flick a lighter, you need the gas and you need the spark and the anger is the spark. Um, it serves a really clear purpose for, for moving things. Um, and it, and if the more you work with it and the more you allow it, um, without indulging it, the, it, it does not take over. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like Katrina's not like raging at me right now. You know? <laughs> it's not like Katrina's always angry. Actually, what usually when I see Katrina, she has a smile on her face mm-hmm. And she's like super sweet and then she gets into her boss mode and then look out because <laughs> Athena is on board. But <laughs> but I just yeah. I just think that's so important. Like we can get in this like fear of anger space of like I'm you know, it's gonna consume my whole life if I let even just a drop of it through. And it's just not the case. Yeah. I've definitely um experienced 
uh, quite the contrary um, with working with anger. Yeah. That anytime I feel angry now, I'm, I, I like no anger. It's my friend. So it's like, okay, what am I angry about? What's speaking here? What's the injustice? What can I do anything? Is there, you know, it, it, it's turned into more of an action for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it helps me to not feel powerless. And I think times in the past where I didn't have the tools, I felt powerless in my anger. And then oftentimes, unfortunately it would implode. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I would harm myself. So it, you know, having the allyship with it is a very, um, been such a healing journey for me. Um, and I've seen that in a lot of other women too. And, you know, it, it just with speaking like this with you is just to keep bringing it back that I feel like it's a lot about the fire element that exists mm-hmm. in us. And mm-hmm. I love what you said at the beginning of having, you know, we don't want to stay in it too long. And that's the same thing. It's like, you don't want to rage a fire internally and then just like, let it keep going and blazing. Like you're going to get burned. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is about how do we work with the fire that's within us in a healthy way where it doesn't go out of control. Um, and that it's being tended to, it's being cared for. Um, and so for me, that's really making friends with our anger and thus making friends with the dragon inside of us, um, in that real ferocity that exists. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not lost on me, Katrina, that you and I met through Nana Wilma at a gathering called Wisdom Fire, working with real fire, um, with the element of fire. I mean, there's, there's, as you and I both know from, from working with Nana, from working with other elders and teachers, I mean, just working with the element of fire itself teaches you so much about how to hold your fire mm-hmm. in Agreed. such a huge and powerful way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'll just get, you know, give that out to people too, as a tool, like you want to learn how to be with fire, go build a fire. Great point. Mm-hmm. Go build a fire and sit with it. Mm-hmm and let it teach you. It has a lot to teach you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I love that you're holding um, this space for the sexuality, which is for me also the fire element that exists Mm -hmm. inside of us. And, you know, the connection between um, the anger and the rage and the sexuality and the empowerment and the will and the drive. And so I feel um, like it's, it's all coming from the teachings from the fire. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, well, as we speak, there's some crazy fires burning up in California right now where I am and um, not the fires are not where I am, but um, you know, I think there's definitely a relationship to us being able to know how to manage the fire within and, and the, the extent to which the fires rage out of control on the earth. Like I, I, I received that teaching pretty strongly. I think it was two years ago when there was like fires and hurricanes and flooding happening at the same time. And it was like right after Trump got elected. And I'm like, yo, we're like, we're totally blazing out of control here. And, and we actually do have a relationship with the weather. I'm not going to say we can control the weather because that's, that's not what it's about. It's about there's a there's an interconnectedness and there's a relationship here, mm-hmm. and and so there's there's the more that that the women can learn how to be in relationship with their internal fire, whether it be the rage, whether it be the sexuality, all of it, the passion, um, and not just the women, the men too. The, we, the the more we can learn how to harness that within, I think the less that we will see some of this crazy burning 
going on mm-hmm. with the volcanoes, with the, the fire. Not that like wildfires are still going to happen, but like how do we how do we acknowledge the interconnectedness and the relationship there? I think I think there's a there's a teaching in that too. I love that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure you and I could go on and on all day long and. We should probably bring this to a close. Um, Before we go, is there any sort of last pearl you want to throw out for our listeners? Well, I think I want to bring it back to this place of befriending and allyship because with working with the archetype of the dragon and kind of looping back to where um, the origin of my journey with them began uh, was that, you know, we are, we're taught to slay, right? We're taught that the hero is supposed to slay the dragon. Um, and I really want to bring it back to that if any of the listeners are really feeling that in them, that they have um, a fierceness about them um, in this place that's, you know, maybe from an early age, they were the ones that were, were questioning everything and, you know, kind of um, being what I've been deemed as difficult, um, to the system that's around us uh, is that, you know, perhaps there's a, there's an energy inside that um, instead of these messages of like, we're supposed to fight it and, and uh, destroy it and slay it um, in order to be the hero. Maybe it's about allyship and, and befriending that part of us. um, And what I want to keep coming back to is the archetype of the hero that rides the dragons. uh, The one that was wise enough to see that these beings are actually very beautiful and wise and ancient um, and that they're misunderstood uh, and that they hold knowledge beyond our comprehension uh, and that perhaps that lives inside of you. And uh, I just want to like really put some thoughts into the mythos that um, maybe inside our psyche that maybe instead of the sword and slaying the dragon that we, you know, get on the back and, and ride it. Cause that sounds like a lot more fun to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It just makes me think of Falcor, but <laughs> yeah, there are some good stories out there. Pete's dragon. Yep. Um, all right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show to our listeners. Um, you can find out more about Katrina, find her and follow her on Facebook, K-A-T-R-I-N-A-C-O-R-A-V-O-S on Facebook. Um, And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.